0: mind your speed and your
1: surroundings avoid costly collisions
2: welcome to the orbital sword please follow me to the reading room
0: Three, two, one, go!
1: Welcome aboard the Orbital Sword. I'm David Moulton. And,
2: and I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood.
1: And on this episode, we're discussing Tiamat's Wrath by James S.A. Corey. It's book eight, right? Book book seven. Eight?
2: Book eight. No, it's number eight. Eight. And the last. It's number eight. We have. We have one more book coming out this year sometime.
1: Yeah. So the last one that's currently written uh, in the Expanse series. Um, This book we see, we join back with our crew post-Holden being taken captured. And uh, they, them all kind of escaping Medea Station. Um, You find the crew kind of spread out and the Rosananti uh, in storage, basically, in hiding while the crew is separated out doing different uh, rebel-type things. And uh, Holden is a citizen uh, prisoner on uh, Laconia, advising or or at least under watch by the head of the Laconian nation. Right. That's basically where we find ourselves. And, uh, yeah. I... uh,
2: very good. Yeah. So, uh, so, so what did you think of this book eight in the series? David, let's start with you. I mean, what, how did it grab you? What did it, what did it do for you here?
1: I like this book a lot. I had a bittersweet reaction to it because on, yeah. on one hand, it's, it's really well written and the story is really good. And on the other hand, it goes against the grains of everything I wanted you know to get to get to get back to like you know you want your heroes to come back together and be heroic together and and this whole book basically is not that i mean it's great but it's not it's not
2: well they do they do come back together at the end yeah but it's
1: it's not like the classic crew people are people are dying people are you know you spend most of the time ever with everyone separated um and at the end they do come together but it's it's uh it's very much a pre- preparation for closing of a story and yeah absolutely uh, after st- this is like
2: this is almost like empire strikes back you know, you get to the end you're like okay we're ready for book three.
1: so i i didn't like that i was losing these characters or um that they were no longer the heroes because of age <laughs> that they that they had once been but the writing and the story is just fantastic.
2: Jim, how about you? What are your uh, thoughts on this? uh...
0: I enjoyed it uh, immensely. It was really action packed, fun to read, but at the same time, uh, considering the uh, death of some favorite key characters, it was also sad in another way. You know, I have to say, I have to admit I had real tears when Bobby died. Oh yeah. I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, that was completely out of left field and I had to put the book down for a while, uh, and get away from it after that. I mean, it's, it's amazing how a person gets so involved in certain characters. Uh, I felt very bad for Teresa and her life, you know, being groomed to be, to take over for, uh, Duarte Winston. And, um, she's a really smart kid and she could probably do a lot of good, but you know, her life is, is, uh, really restricted.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, her story was great. Yeah. Her, her story was fascinating, you know, just kind of watching her grow, understand and get revelation so much so that, you know, in in the end she, uh, hops on board the Rosanante, right? Um. Yes. And it's uh. And so that storyline was cool for me. The the first time we meet Timothy, right? I knew you know you know right away from the way he's described that this is Amos, right? And Amos yeah. had kind of disappeared at the end of the last book. We kind of lost. Him. Um. And so here he is back under a different name, and uh, and I found his storyline fascinating. Um, hmm. The the Christ like death and resurrection of Amos, right, and the fact of who is Amos now that he is this thing, right? Um, the big question. I agree that Bobby's death was was brutal because you'd grown to like Bobby. Uh, she was, I mean, so much you'd invested so much in Bobby, and then this, happened. Mm-hmm. and it it almost hit you more than the death of uh, was it Cassandra. In the uh, in the last series, uh, that the, the one that you know had the implants, yeah, that was Cassandra, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like her death was, you know, okay, sad, but this, you know, you've invested much more in Bobby, right?
1: I thought that Amos so. to me, Amos's death was was harder hitting than uh, Bobby's. I I
2: except that he's not he's not dead
1: yet. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that's I think it, it hit hard for two reasons. Two reasons. One. He, he. He died, and then too. Like, I was frustrated because I felt like I did listen to this book, and I felt as a result some of the mystery was gone because the guy is such a great voice actor, and as soon as you met as soon as you <laughs> met Timothy, the mystery was gone. Like without him even oh, exactly. Descri- describing
2: exactly because it was yeah because he the did, voice actor voiced it as. Amos you're like this is Amos you know if you're reading it you wouldn't get that
1: right and I instantly knew it was Amos and I was like okay so this is just Amos the mystery's gone there and then I think by the time he died I think there was already the resurrection idea established so as soon as he died I was right. like he's not dead he's gonna come back as one of those things put back together <laughs> and of course he did and then it was just a matter of waiting yeah. for him to come back but I like that aspect because I feel as as great as these books are, and I do I do love them. They stopped some right after the mission where they went to that island, uh, or not the island, the planet where they got stuck there. Okay, right after that book, it stopped being it, it lost us. It lost a portion of its sci-fi to me. Like it started being more about like a crew and more human aspect, and the like. The real creepy, crazy, uh, proto-molecule stuff kind of took a back seat for like the po- political really? stuff, and and they're fantastic. Right. But I kind of missed that a little bit that, that was in there. And now with Amos like that, you've got that back.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't I'm, agree more. Um...
0: I just, I just wonder with Amos how much of him is actually left. He seems to think there's a lot left,
2: that he's the same old yeah. famous, but
0: well, it, and it, it seemed that
2: way at the end of the book, but I don't know. Well, you see, we don't know where book a nine is going to go, but it seems like what this does is gives the Rosinante a, a connection to maybe this other entity that's out there right? That mm-hmm. we haven't seen, or we've only, we only touched it. Just be, that what Amos does is either provides a bridge to a bridge for access, or maybe, uh, is a Trojan horse into the Rosadante. One of the two that we're going to see it. Yeah. It was really hard to know. I mean, I mean, and Amos is loyal to a thought, by the way, this Timothy reference, um, there's a short story where they explore, uh, we didn't even touch on the short stories. Maybe that's something we eventually want to do, but there's four or five short stories that play into this universe, and one of them is focused on Timothy before he um, before he left Earth. Because um, mm-hmm. that was his name, Timothy, before he became Amos Burton. So, mm. Mm.
0: so let's get into some characters. All right. Start out. Start out the book starts out with uh, a funeral,
2: right? For Christian
0: Avasarala.
2: So, no surprise, this lady was ancient by the time we had book seven and was in a wheelchair and a lot of stuff. So, the fact that we start with the funeral, while wow, wow, I'm going to miss her sassiness and her, her, her crassness, um, not really surprised that she was gone and they were mourning her at the end. Uh, What is surprising is that they're hailing her as kind of a hero for the Laconian Empire, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, She's—they bring her to Laconia to be buried, and that's exactly what she wanted. Yeah, her granddaughter is not happy about this at all, and she tells uh, Holden, "You know, this is this is not right," but. It's you know it's Duarte's world now, so Duarte's universe actually. Yeah. So, you know it it that was that was kind of sad, as you say. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss her sass. Yeah. It was awesome.
2: Do we see a little bit of that sass in her daughter? Oh yeah, or oh, in her granddaughter? Yes, yeah. that- so you do see that kind of carried out a
0: little bit. Uh, yeah, she's got the she's got the same uh, speak your mind set, which is really neat. Uh, hopefully, she'll appear again. And, yeah, we'll uh, see her a, in the
2: next book or something.
0: Yeah, be a voice of common sense.
2: Yeah, I, th- I thought she was going
1: to be a bigger role in this one, but I guess they're building maybe her up for like, something later.
2: Yeah, maybe yeah. she what appears just at the beginning, and then we kind of lose sight of her again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll be back. Holden, the dancing bear, as he is yeah. referred to
2: often, <laughs> that, and that that reference for those of you, I mean, those of us know their history, you know, the Russians and their dancing bears, and I mean even in America with the circuses, it's uh, it's kind of interesting the fact that you can uh, tr- be trained for the amusement of the greater hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Although, you know, I think I think uh, Duarte was actually kind of using him as a sounding board. I do too. To, I agree with that. To get a to get a feel for what might be thought of the
2: decisions that he makes. Right. Yeah. I think there's I think there's like um Duarte, despite his arrogance, actually, I mean Duarte admit Holden back in Mars in like book three or four or something like that. Uh, Uh They had a a brief meeting and, and there does seem to be a mutual respect. I mean, uh, Holton's been a key player on the chessboard of what's been going on in the world for a long time. And so the fact that you have him there and almost being talked to as an equal is interesting, but not totally surprising either. No.
0: Well, Duarte is obviously um, a big fan of the mastermind principle where he brings people together that will give him advice or at least listen to him and give him feedback and help him make hopefully wise decisions. Right. (laughs) Which I really really don't think
2: Duarte's doing that badly. Right. I mean, you might argue that, him taking over the universe is kind of, you know, he's, you know, a little bit of tyrannical, but he's not doing it in a way that he's, he is listening to advisors and advice and he's getting some feedback. And this is something that, what was it? Uh, who was Naomi's, uh, ex-husband? Is it Marcus? Um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Marcus. Was, was it Marcus? Yeah. Like, like totally, uh, you're talking when when you juxtapose these two leaders, um, if you have to follow one of them, you're going to follow Duarte because Duarte is the one that's trying to make good advice. He's trying to build a, a good city. Uh, yes, there's some things you're like, well, this guy, there's some things that maybe he shouldn't be doing. But of the two leaders, if you're going to follow one of the bad leaders, you're going to pick Duarte hands down just because he does listen to advisors and even listening to advice from who some people would consider his enemy. Duarte yeah.
1: Duarte has a good vision for the universe and it's just that he's forcing it upon everybody it's not like a a natural conclusion of society he's and and, and no one can deviate from that vision and that's that's the danger of of him it's it's not like we're not coming together against a common goal yet uh as a society uh, across the universe instead he's just like this is what we need to do to be better and anyone who thinks differently is basically, you know, getting put in an internment camp, uh, and 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 that's just the way it is. Instead of it, like, instead of us taking hundreds of years to slowly, like, get to this utopian type outlook, he's just forcing everyone upon it and hoping that generations later will just be will just grow into it instead of uh, uh, instead of coming about it over a long period of time. And that's what makes him dangerous. It's that that uh, unabil- inability to bend uh,
0: at all. Yeah. Well, and he's also not getting some very good advice. You know, if you if you look at uh, Cortazar, who is obsessed with using the proto molecule <laughs> to to do life extension work. Extending life with the proto molecule and it's not working very well. Well, I don't think that, I mean, yes,
1: he, he is obsessed with it, but I remember in the previous book that Duarte was forcing him to do it to him. Like, Duarte was more obsessed with it in the beginning than uh, Cortazar was. I think Cortazar, he... Yeah. he As he saw it working, he became more like trying to perfect it for himself. But...
0: Yeah. It It probably wasn't a good time that, uh, you know, Winston probably jumped the gun uh, and should have waited longer until more research could have been done and more experiments, probably. Because Winston basically turns into more or less a, a vegetable.
2: Yes, absolutely. And that that's interesting that 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 because we it's the interaction. If I if I remember correctly, that's the interaction from the aliens, right? The pulse that gets sent out. Yeah. Hmm. Which, what do we know right now about those aliens? Like, so this seems to be this, it's this alien world that we don't know much about. It's, it's really shrouded in mystery and has been for the past four or five books.
1: They're mm-hmm. shadow creatures that live like I'm assuming like slightly out of phase from us or something. Right. And uh, that's why yeah. like wherever the ships go when they disappear is where they, they can interact with these creatures.
0: Right. Yeah. Now could those be the makers of the proto molecule that we're seeing uh coming a little more to the surface at this point?
2: Well, remember the the makers of the proto molecule, the uh the people that, you know, built the gates and all that, they were they were destroyed by this thing. So they seem to be this seems to be almost like the entity that took out the master race that kind of started everything. Mm. At least that's my understanding. I, you know, you know, who knows? I'm not a James S.A. Corey that has that in their sketchbook somewhere, but yeah. But by, then, well, we, because initially the proto molecule gets sent to Earth and they, it builds a gate, it puts them into the network, but it's not the network of these shadow beings, as David refers to them. Right.
0: Yeah. So we already touched on Amos a little bit, Timothy. I I really liked his um relationship with Teresa. Oh yeah, you know, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: You know, you know, Amos loves kids and he'll do anything he can possibly do to protect them, and he was sent to Laconia as an undercover agent and was supposed to blow up the palace. Right but he was very reluctant to do that uh, after he found out Teresa was on the scene.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, this is one of the things that I like about Amos. And one of the things that they've developed in Amos, probably from book, uh, I want to say book five, where we get him sent to earth and he's, he's on that one ship bound to the moon. And there are these two, uh, two guys and their children. And he's really protective of these children. And so you see that that trait in Amos, and the moment a child comes in the seed, he's very, very, almost like a father figure. Um, he's the type of father you want kind of watching over your children. Uh, and so, yeah, so I think that that was pretty, uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed his character a lot um, before before he got killed, of course. Yeah.
0: And, and. Well, I as like him David after he said, got
2: killed too. He's a, there's a little bit more. There's a lot of mystery about Amos, but it creates even more mystery about Amos when he resurrects and becomes Amos with the black eyes. <laughs> yeah, I want to see which direction that goes.
0: But as David said, you know, his death was pretty, pretty wrenching too. Oh yeah. Uh, I didn't. I now David knew he was coming back. I didn't. Um, I didn't know if he was coming back, even though they they did set up the. Uh, repair drones right but when he came back as i don't know what what do you want to call him zombie amos or whatever?
2: <laughs> it works for me uh, zombie amos
0: yeah you know I, I i don't know what to expect this is a character i've really liked and i i hope he continues to be likable like that and that he hasn't lost too much of himself
2: well, so the other thing that's going to play into Amos is the he has lost, like, Cassandra is kind of like his ward in a sense. So we've lost that. But he does have Teresa to kind of take the place, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Bobby's been lost. And so there are some changes in how these changes affect Amos may be part of the story that we get in book nine. Yeah, because you know Amos was totally
0: 100% devoted to Naomi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but uh, and then there's there's Teresa herself winds up on on the Rosinante with everybody else. Uh, you know, she was always a through the entire book. She was a little um, rebellious. Oh yeah. And as time as time went on, she got more and more so, and then found out that Cortazar was
2: wanted to kill her. Yes. And then, whoa, does that change things? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, yeah. Her story is fascinating. What there's, a, there's the princess, and she goes into the underground of Mars, and there's this, that whole story. Uh, becomes kind of an allegory for her life as she kind of sneaks out of the castle, goes to visit Timothy, um, ends up resulting in Timothy's death. Uh, but also the chance that um, along the way that we have that she finds out that uh, it also jeopardizes her as a person. Like people want the wrench of power from her. Mm-hmm. Because when her father becomes kind of a vegetable, then she is the, the successor in a sense. Yeah. And she just wants to be a kid. Absolutely.
0: You know, yep. she's, she's got her dog. Uh, what was the dog's name? I can't remember. I forget. Yeah. But at any rate, you know, uh, it was a weird name for a dog. I remember that much, but, um, she just wants to take the dog for a walk and go out and and have a nice time. And there's a boy she likes and, uh, you know, (laughs) all these things. She's just a normal, normal 14 year old who is in a position that she doesn't want to be in, but she has no choice.
2: Right. So, what do you think her future is going to be like? Well, uh, I think her future's. I think her future is going to be fairly bright. She's on the Rosinante, She has a crew that's looking out for her, and certainly Holden and Amos yeah. are looking out
0: for her. But she is the de facto ruler of the Laconian Empire. Yes. Now, with her leaving, is that the end of
2: the Empire? Or does that mean the Empire gets transferred? She's, she becomes a bridge between Earth and... Oh, no, I think she's disconnected. Like, they're
1: not going to even tell people she's gone. It's, it'll be a cover-up. That's what I, that's what I got from it, because what's-his-name was already in charge, and she was just kind of a figurehead anyway. So...
2: Is well, that a pop? Yeah. Is that Paolo? Well, Paulo gets killed.
0: No. He's done. Okay. I'm wondering if Elvi Okoya isn't going to be
2: the new ruler. No, I don't Well that bodes well for that bodes well for uh for Jim. Well
0: that's that's kind of what he was kinda of, seemed to be manipulating and setting up was to
2: make Elvie the ruler. It was neat to see her come back after Book Four. You know, we kind of lost track of her. And uh, it's one of the things I like about James S.A. Corey is characters that you think are, you know, one-off characters suddenly make an appearance and become a central, to in a way, to the plot.
0: Yeah. Now she starts out flying around doing research and, and they discover this diamond-like thing that is believed to be a Rosetta Stone for the uh, creators of the proto-molecule. Yeah, absolutely. So we got you know, we we've, we've got that looming uh, on the horizon and if it can be interpreted maybe maybe we'll get a better understanding of what exactly this protomolecule is for, what it was intended to do. You know, right. is it intended to build or is it intended to destroy? Right.
2: Right. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. So uh does that bring us up to uh do we need to talk about Paolo anymore? Did the life extension work? No, not really. And Tom Bobby we, we talked about Bobby a little bit. Right. Well her, her death was um terrible, but the way she that heroic way she goes about it is fantastic.
0: Oh, it was heroic heroic as hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she grabs she the nuke and
2: fly in.
0: Yeah, guns blazing to get to get past this, you know. She she just needed to get get there and she made up her mind that there was only one way uh it was going to get done and she had to do it. Yeah. You know, and Alex is sitting back uh in Bobby's ship uh Doesn't want this to happen, but there's nothing he can do about it. All he can do is sit and
2: watch. Right. Yeah, he's helpless as hell there. You know, I'm just, he's just sitting there. He's like, nothing he can do. And Bobby's made up her mind. And you kind of feel the pain through Alex. Mm hmm.
0: Well, you know, I I think Alex is actually, was actually in love with Bobby. True that. Well, I think, but after two, after two failed marriages, I don't think Alex wanted to take the next step. Yeah,
1: I think
2: third time's a charm, baby. I think they were Go in ahead. love
1: with each other. It just was they were comfortable where they were. Because in the last book, she even said he was the guy that she was going to die with, and she wasn't sure that the oh it's true that they would that they would uh, yeah. ever ever take the romantic step, but she would spend the rest of her life with him.
2: Now, at the beginning of this book, is this uh, this is the book where we see Naomi kind of living in containers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to kind of, you know, she's kind of the head of the resistance, sort of, or at least in the higher ups. She, yeah, she's
0: she's one of the commanders, right? Yeah.
1: The book ends with her being the head of it, the resistance,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. Well, absolutely. she actually takes over quite early because uh, you know. In that gamma ray burst that was caused by the uh the Tacoma gate and and the other gate getting destroyed, Saba is also right killed. right, right.: Oh, that's and, right. And he was he was the leader, and there was nobody else to take over except Naomi.
2: right. Well, Naomi, it makes sense. I mean, she certainly is showing leadership qualities throughout the series, and uh, she seems like a natural fit for that. Uh It'll be be interesting to see how their relationship grows or changes now that Jim's back. Well,
0: yeah, you know, because Duarte actually told Naomi uh, through channels that, look, come to Laconia you can live with jim and and have the life that you wanted to have before just stop your activity and come with us and so she was very tempted to take him up on that
2: oh yeah and uh after everything they've been through that was a uh that was a very nice breadcrumb
1: i think she would have done yeah. it if they hadn't come for, if the the other ship hadn't shown up right away i think if she had to sit on that decision and the uh the threat of the ship coming for for to check the ship that she was on wasn't right there i bet she would i bet she mm-hmm. would have decided to go cuz the stakes were starting to get become too high with no reward like she she wasn't feeling the pressure quite as much and uh it wasn't until like that ship showed up and like forced her to make a decision right then and there that she she, for the sake of the other people, ba- basically decided to stay in hiding.
0: yeah, well, and then you know, she also knew that there was really nobody else to lead the resistance right. uh, if she had laid down and said, okay i'm I'm done, I'm going to go live with Jim on Laconia." Uh, nothing else would have been done,
1: right? Well, I think this well, this happened right before the gamma ray burst. I think didn't mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, so yeah, yeah, at that at that point in time, like there were still what's his name was around, but and then after she had made the decision, it turned out to be the right thing because there was no one else to lead.
2: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: we get the we we get we get this um ship that has been sent out it destroys the tacoma gate uh the thanjuvar gate the eye of the typhoon medina station i mean it, it just completely devastates um slow space uh, right in between all in between all the gates and right. b- and isolates two uh Two sectors out of the 1300 that are available right. now yeah. so that was really huge that was huge and that of course would have cemented uh naomi's decision to take over for saba and make sure that um duarte did not do anything more than he had already done Yeah. No-
1: it's interesting that this is the last. Well, the next book is the last one because you kind of see those lost gates as story building, the way that James S. Corey oh, yeah. does it, like, like just the way that like Laconia came back. You could see another time jump, and then these guys somehow, like, struggling to make it and becoming more technologically advanced than the rest of humanity or 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 something like that
0: right yeah i think a lot of this will hinge on the protomolecule
2: diamond yes what, the one that we're calling the rosetta stone yeah the the, the blueprint the, the, it's like the master computer mm-hmm. so i don't think we've seen the last of that go ahead jim uh
1: i bet they bring amos to it and he can decode it that's my theory or that that being a hybrid or whatever allows him to interact
0: with it. The, are you saying that Amos has now become a mentat? Yeah,
1: <laughs> basically. There yes. was a lot of Absolutely. there was a <laughs> lot of God Emperor uh analogies between uh or parallels between Duarte and Leto the 2nd. Now so.
0: now that would be neat. Okay. Uh to have Amos be the uh, end all of everything and figure everything out and everybody gets along. uh, He's Duncan Idaho. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they are not, I'll tell you what, in this universe that we're reading in, I don't think
2: anybody's ever going to all get along. But maybe there can be a truce. That would be nice. So when we look at other places and things here, what else do we need to have? I mean, we have the Rosinantes back, of course, hidden in Freehold. It was nice to come back to that ship finally because in a lot of ways, throughout the series, the Rosinante is the fifth member of this four-man crew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to come back to see the Rosinante dated as, as all get out, but still, and it's like the, the fifth person of the crew is very cool to see. Oh yeah, you know when Alex walks
0: on there, and and the description of Alex getting on the ship and taking care of stuff, and then being joined by the others that that was just, I mean that was one of those moments, yeah. you know. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> it was certainly the moment. But well, what else under places and things we want to talk about here? Well, Medina Station is gone it is gone and that's unfortunate <coughs> right cuz that was that mm. was the behemoth right from book uh book uh 3 yeah. or book 2 right book 3 and and, uh, and, and spent, we spent we spent a lot of the story on that we spent a bunch of the st-
0: yeah the home of the resistance where where the, that was born and uh everything it's gone now so is is the resistance still effective or are they Going to going to break up now, and we're going to have uh, central rulers.
1: No, oh, wow. hey, I think it's super effective now. <laughs> By the end, right? Yeah, they bring Laconia to yeah. its
2: knees, basically. They do, and that that whole that whole that whole scene, the way that plays out when they come in to rescue Jim, and then. Amos, and then uh, Teresa, and that whole battle scene is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes. Do you think Jim's going
0: to wind up being the uh, head man for the universe?
2: If he does, he's going to do it and not be happy about it.
0: Well, of course not. Nobody wants power when it's thrust upon them.
1: I bet it winds up being Teresa. She becomes humanized by her time with the Rosinante, and but also she's still a product of Laconia.
2: I know I could put a bit in for I could put a bit in for Naomi. She has Teresa has a lot
0: of hurt to get over before she can actually um, accept that role right and be and be with people other than because you know I mean, for crying out loud, one of her father's own top advisors wanted her dead. I mean, this little girl is probably scarred, and you could see that at the end when she was on the Rasanate. She wasn't really trusting anybody yet.
2: Yeah, there's there's no doubt that adults that she trusted violated her. So that's going to be a little bit of hump to get over. What we don't know is in this ninth book, if we're going to see any sort of a time jump, um, yes. forward, and uh and you know, are we going to see like H- Holden jump ten years older? And how does that? What does that do for the crew? I don't know. So yeah, what, what, it, there's no there's no information on the book, not even a title yet. And all that we know is going to be out in 2020 sometime.
0: Well, we know that when you put one of these books down, and you say, "Okay, I can see this happening, and I can see that happening."
3: <laughs>
2: it generally generally takes a whole different direction right. well and that's what makes these books so amazing is that you you kind of you it's great to play the game here's what i think's going to happen and then to see it actually play out or to see the twist on it um that and uh, the, the amazing characterization that james i say does that the duo does is is what may, what keeps me coming back to these books and wanting to read them. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah, it just seems
0: like every time you think you have it figured out, it just swerves in another direction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And and it makes it all, makes it fun. Well, do we need to go talk ahead. at all about the antimatter bombs?
1: Well, well, I guess <clears throat> they're they're making antimatter. To- power their ships and when discovered then the the uh, rebels turn it into a bomb to use against the ships. Right. Um. And it's kind of like no one's been able to get it stabilized before and now they've shut down their ability to make more. So really even though they have like Laconia still has one of those giant super ships it only has so much fuel left because they don't have any way to make any more right they didn't come out and say it but it kind of sounded like the production of the antimatter might have been something they discovered on the platforms that were destroyed and not necessarily like
2: Mm. yeah that was my that was kind of my uh
1: yeah not necessarily like a human uh jump in technology. So without those things, they don't really have a way of redoing it.
0: I think Elvie will figure it out though. I don't know if she
1: needs to figure it out. She's got other things on her mind. I mean, that seems mm-hmm. like a very... Like the only thing that they need the antimatter for is a warship. You know? And so I don't I don't really feel right. like that's too high on her priority. Since she...
2: Unless they need the antimatter to fight to fight the shadow people.
1: Yeah, there's
0: that. Maybe.
2: Yeah. It would be I think
0: it would be better if Elvie did figure it out before somebody else did. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Because we see how Duarte just kind of slipped in, you know, he was a belter. He was he was not a he was not a huge, huge influence until he got to his Laconia and built that. And then all those big ships and just walked in and said, Well, I'm taking over because you guys are a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone like, you know, like Anaros were to get a hold of uh, that, someone of that ilk were to get a hold of antimatter, that would be devastating no no
2: no yeah no doubt was well, there anything else in places and things that we want to talk about before we move on to favorite points of plot
1: i think we're probably good
2: all right yeah i'm yeah. good so let's talk about some of our favorite moments and we, pro- we may have hit on some of these already but any uh moments that maybe we didn't talk about that we uh that we need to maybe flesh out a little bit more that we just want to mention here
1: well what? this isn't a big moment but it's something that i really liked about the book uh and that was that they took the dog along and they and they make they make mention <laughs> of how like they're basically going to have to invent ways to survive with the dog on board cuz it's clogging up the air filters and and just right. just the funny descriptions of how the dog can't figure out how to move around and it has to wear a diaper and all that stuff i thought that i, I
2: just thought that was funny <laughs> yeah no that makes sense yeah i did i did I did like <laughs> I liked all the interactions with Amos um I don't know if there's a particular point um, but when he tries to like protect Teresa when he get when he gets discovered and then killed, um I also mm-hmm. like the moment when Holden runs into him for the first time and he just takes out those that are hunting Holden, yeah. So I thought that any time I saw those play in, that was a uh, pretty phenomenal. And as I mentioned earlier, I do like when they caught I do like the entire rescue scene. Mm-hmm. The battle that ensues around it, then coming around and rescuing Holden, Amos and Teresa is that kept me in the edge of my seat.
1: I like I like yeah. the way they played out going to group to group to experience the the blackout this time. And um, and how like it would they they'd have a chapter and it would be about one group having to deal with the the collective blackout and then the next chapter would start right before it happened and then that group of people would experience it. I thought that was a a good way of doing it.
2: That is a neat way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mhm. Um now, there were
0: there were lots of lots of plot points that I uh, enjoyed but I think that the tribute to Avasarala was probably one of the high points for me uh because they spent quite a bit of time on that at the beginning of the book um and her character was extremely important before, and you know now we 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 pay tribute to this person and i I just thought that was really neat,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we mentioned this before, but, you know, Bobby's heroic demise was, I mean, you saw it coming, you saw it happen, but the way that was written, the way it played out and her sacrifice was um, devastatingly beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, it's something that I can picture it, you know, as you're, as it's being written, the way they wrote it, you just kind of picture it taking place and.
0: Yeah. Happening almost I, in
2: slow motion, <laughs> and and
0: I found myself rooting for Teresa. You oh, know,
2: just, absolutely! Just,
0: just to be a kid, you know, just leave this little girl alone. All right, if she's going to become the leader, it's going to happen. But let's not try to force the issue. And then, of course, with Winston being incapacitated, you know, they're they're kind of accelerating. Um getting her there and then a plot against a kid's life. Uh, if, if that wasn't, that was very upsetting, which was, which was a good part of the book. But I guess really for me, the entire book ran a, a full gamut of emotion. Yeah. yeah. I agreed.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, so we move into uh, quotes. Yes, I have quotes and I have quotes too. David,
1: I, do no not. I do not, but I'll listen to yours.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. Jim, go ahead. All right. Well, this is
0: uh, a meeting between Holden and Kiki, who is Avasarala's granddaughter. Okay? Uh, she says she, Avasarala, would have hated this, she said, hauled into the camp of her enemies to be celebrated now that she can't crack their balls anymore co-opted as soon as she couldn't fight back. You could power a planet by hooking a turban to her right now. <laughs> that's how much she is spinning in this grave. Okay, that's one. And then another one uh, also involving Avasarala, uh, Naomi speaking. Uh, I keep thinking about Avasarala, Naomi said. There was still some whiskey in the bottle, and she poured herself a finger. It was a hell. Of, she was a hell of a fighter, never backed down from anything, even when she lost. And then Bobby answers, "She was one of a kind." Bobby agreed. She was a fighter, but she wasn't a warrior. She was always leading the struggle, but she did she did it by finding other ways to get work done, alliances, political pressure, trade, logistics. Her strategy was always that violence came last. Yeah. And then Bobby says, she had leverage. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. And any other quotes? No, that's, that's what I had. All right. So I have a couple here. Um, so I like this one. Growing older was a, was a falling away of everything that didn't matter and a deepening appreciation for all the parts that were important to stay. I like. And I, I like can this relate it, to that. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah.
0: Being 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 a, uh, an elderly person
2: now, I do not consider you elderly, Jim. But
0: you know, you know what? Someone referred to me as elderly. Oh.
2: <laughs> Did you smack him around a
0: couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I was, you know I mean, what? Is... I seriously thought I would. I was going to ask him, "Have you ever had your butt kicked?" <laughs> By an yeah.
2: elderly person before, because you I'm are. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to do it with my <laughs> AARP card.
0: You have no idea how close to death you are
2: at this very moment. <laughs> uh, um, here's another one. Evolution was a paste and balling wire process that came up with half assed solutions like pushing teeth through babies' gums and menstruation. Survival of the fitness <laughs> is a technical term that covered a lot more close. Enough is close enough than act design. <laughs> hmm. Oh so like wow! That. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there was one about pacifism. Oh, I like this one. But pacifism only works when your enemy has a conscience. Like. Hmm. And I have uh, two hmm. more quotes here. Can I share two more? Sure. Yes. Please. Okay. The people who have power over you are weak too. They shit and bleed and worry that their children don't love them anymore. They're embarrassed by stupid things they did when they were young that everyone else has forgotten. And they're so vulnerable. We all define ourselves by the people around us because that's kind of a monkey. That's the kind of monkey we are. We can't transcend it. So when they watch you, they hand you the power to change what they are too. Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder we can even make a sandwich. (laughs) yeah i know it's true um and uh one more distributed responsibility is the problem one person gives the order another carries it out one can say they didn't pull the trigger the other one can say they were just doing what they were told and everyone lets themselves off oh boy how many times have we heard that
0: throughout history
2: i mean there's a lot of poignant when these lines have poignancy beyond. I think that's what makes it such a beautiful, the exploration of how we treat each other in crisis. Uh, perfect example now. What the government does to take power. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are my quotes. Cool.
1: Well, let's move on to some of our closing thoughts in our uh, review here uh, of our, our rating of, of the book. Uh, let's start with you, Jim. What what are your uh your closing thoughts on this book? Is is it feel like we're ramping up to the end or like this story could go forever and uh what's your rating of the book?
0: Well, my uh my rating is a 5. Uh to start with, what do I see happening? Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, I really enjoyed the book because of the action, uh the characters again, just you know, they just jump off the page uh and and become real people they're so well written and have been so well written in the past so that being said you know it it we we say we're getting a ninth book and that's the last one in the series but it still feels like that things are in transition and I'm wondering if the ending the last book isn't going to be the beginning of something new. Where we pass a torch from the Rocinante crew to something else, maybe Teresa. Or Marcus's kid. inaro's kid. Yeah, well, yeah. Phillip. Let's let's not forget about Philip or Philippe or whatever however it's said, but yeah, who knows? You know, it just seems like it just seems like it's not actually coming to an end, but maybe yet
2: another beginning. Mm. Yeah. How about No, I I agree. How about you, Scott? Agree. Okay. Well, I, you know, for many of the things that Jim said, I think that the power that book eight had has been for me, has been built on the prior seven books. And we've grown to love and cherish this this crew and the people that we met. And so the death of Abbasarla, the death of Bobby, and especially those two carry such an immense weight to it. Um, and the other thing I really liked about this book is the fact that I gained, because of Duarte's humanity, um, I gained a respect for Duarte that I wasn't expecting to have. Um uh, not that I liked him, but an, an understanding of humanity of this guy really does care and what that means. And what loss it is when this, you know, sonic wave or what the wave that comes through that kind of makes him a vegetable for the lack of better term. Um, and, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but it makes him something more almost dangerous where he dissolves that guy right in his presence. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, this guy. I'm sorry. I swore there. But I'm like, I, I can't believe that this this guy just did this, and you're like, I'm out of this. If you see all that happening, you'd be like, I'm out of this room, you know, yeah. <laughs> type thing. Um, yeah, it's such a powerful book. I had to score this at a five out of five uh, for me, not only because it's so well done. And it certainly doesn't feel feel like, like you jump into the beginning of the book and the end of the book and there is a beginning and the end, but the story does not seem complete yet. There's still so many threads that aren't wrapped up and maybe not all of them will be. And I'd be okay with that as long as we get some central answers, you know, in book nine. So really excited about this book. I love this book. It It's a good book. Yeah. Um,
1: I also... Of course, really love the book, as I've loved the whole series. Uh, It's This is a weird one. Like, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5, because... I I almost want to argue with myself a little bit on that, but I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 because um, of the bittersweet nature of it. And it's just kind of like it had, it had good and it had some parts that I, although they're good for the story, I didn't want to happen, you know, Bobby dying or the, the crew staying apart too long, uh, et cetera. But, um, another thing that I think is a little nitpicky is the pacing of the book. Uh, I struggled with cause I was, uh, listening to it, you know, I, as I normally do while I do other things, uh, at work. And, uh, um, the pacing was like we'd have these long spurts where it was just kind of like, what, "Will anything please anything happen?" And then, you know, the next chapter I'd be like, "I have to pause this because I need to give this chapter every bit of attention I can, ha- I can, I can give it because now everything is happening." So, um, mm-hmm. and it's it, that kind of like uh, a roller coaster up and down. Uh, kind of took away from me for a little bit, but. That said, it's still a fantastic book. I highly recommend the series. I I have been recommending it to people, uh, especially anyone who starts to try and tell me how good the show is. Um, I try and tell them about the book uh, if I can. So four out of five for me.
2: All right. So that gives us a rating of 4.7 out of five. So that's cool.
1: So yeah. next month.
2: Well, so let's talk about. So, so, so we know that this month we're now re- we're continuing with the Sarah J. Maas The Throne of Glass series by reading Air of Fire, right? Mm-hmm. So that'll mm-hmm. be our next fantasy book. So, what do we have? We don't have since we don't have the final book in the series yet, which we will do when it comes out. Uh, what's our next sci-fi? What's on our next sci-fi list?
1: Well, it looks like we've got a couple options here. Uh, we have. The Calculating Stars by Robinette Kowal, uh, Expeditionary Force uh, by Craig Allenson, and I'm going to put on The Maze Runner.
2: And that's, and, 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 yeah, and the, and the book is uh, Columbus Day. That's the first book in the series. okay. Yeah.
1: I'm going to recommend The Maze Runner. And you're going to put on The Maze Runner?
2: Yeah. Okay. Maze Runner's good.
1: So we'll put yeah. that poll up and you guys can vote and we can see where we uh, wind up. Orbital Sword. Yeah, we, haven't a, we
2: haven't had a poll in a while.
1: No. No. It feels like quite some <laughs> we, time. We get into these long series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining though. I've enjoyed what we've been doing. So
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, all
1: right. Uh wrapping up here, if you guys want to let us know what you think about these books or or what we should be reading, you can email us at theorbitalsword at gmail dot com. You could also leave a voicemail at Scott.
2: One two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. Awesome.
1: You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash orbital sword or on Twitter at orbital sword. Uh you can join the conversation there. Uh, you can always visit our main hub, orbital for any pertinent info and uh, ways to download the show. Um and you can find out what we're reading and, and take the poll. Also, a big thanks to everyone who continues to support us on Patreon. Uh thank you very much. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, there you have it. So, once again for the orbital sword, I'm David Moulton.
0: Whoa, slow down, slow down, big shooter. What's what are we reading now? Just talk, Oh, oh, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked. We did talk. We yeah. talked about. We talked about the next poll, but we didn't talk about the next book yeah. that we're. I, I did. Ta- I did talk about
2: it. I talked about it before the poll. Come on, Tim.
0: where you been? It's show. like you don't even listen to the show.
2: <laughs> I know what. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but hey yes yeah, yeah. but hey just for Jim's sake we're reading Air of Fire, Sarah J. Moss, third book in the *Throne and Glass* series again. So don't forget read it with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. As we uh, kind of uh, you know journey through it this month. So yeah.
0: yeah. I was trying. All
2: right, and Mister Ritahead's read- already read it. Plus, yeah, exactly. yeah. I am and, and I'm reading it again. I'm in the second book with my son, and so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, once again for the All right, so sword, now now hey Jim well, now can we do the yeah. out can we do the catchphrase and out outro now is that okay yeah okay okay are you okay. sure Jim <laughs> are you sure yes you know please. what I
1: think the problem is
0: I'm seen no. now
1: no oh. you just haven't had a chance to get your loot out this episode. It is true. That's what it is.
2: Oh if, wow! Maybe you can cue up the loot, and as David starts the outro, we can have a a little bit of loot. You know, just o-
1: overlaying the through the through the through it. Are the ballads? <laughs> okay. okay. Playing a
0: playing a playing a playing. There you go. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. Once again for the orbital sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog,
0: and I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Oliver Soul I will always
3: see smile I will always see your smile yeah